you're passionate about transforming retail operations and improving performance, plus you're accountable for key change projects and programs in your company, then you're in the right place. Welcome to the Retail Transformation Show with me, Oliver Banks. Hello there and welcome to the Retail Transformation Show. It's Oliver Banks here and I'm glad that you are joining me today. This is episode 18 and today we're diving into one of the hottest trends in retail for a few years now. Experiential retail. Experiential retail is a physical store's way of attracting customers back into shop. It aims to give your customers a reason to visit your stores rather than just click that ever so simple add to basket button. So retailers have been using experiential retail to do a number of different things, increasing footfall and building awareness of a particular store in a particular location, increasing dwell times in store, and then even more sales focused, increasing conversion rates, increasing attachment or upsells, or even just increasing their overall spend, number of items in the basket, average transaction value, however you decide to define that in your business. However, the term experiential retail, in my experience, can be misunderstood or used in too much of a vague way. In turn, I think this makes it appear a bit like a buzzword, a bit like a fad, when actually it is an actual strategy. It is a real thing that you can do. So let's just clear up a couple of misconceptions here. Nice decor is not a retail experience. It may be the scene or the setting for that experience, but in itself, it's not a retail experience. And the second myth I want to dispel is that something is better than nothing. It's not. It's got to be good. It's got to be relevant. It's got to be fresh as well. Otherwise, frankly, it is going to burn money up. You don't want to be just frivolously wasting money on things that either don't attract the right customers back into your store or that don't actually lead to a positive experience, positive memory for you or the customer. So in today's episode, I want to help you out. I want to help you add some structure to how you go about thinking about planning and adding experiential retail to your operation. So in today's episode, we're going to be looking at four different types of experiential retail. Each of these types are actually going to be defined by the outcome from the customer's perspective. That's the first important question. When you're thinking about experiential retail, the first thing you must ask is, what is the point of this for our customers? Because Let me tell you, if you can't define that clearly, it's not going to attract people in. And if you don't get the right target customer, it's going to be a blowout as well. So focus in on what it's going to mean for your ideal customers. So the first of our experiential retail categories is going to be an opportunity to try out a product. Think live demos. Think, you know, the opportunity to get in and try something yourself. A great example here is a music shop, a music instrument shop, where you might want to try a guitar, you might want to try a drum kit, etc. Other great examples, Nike do this really well, where you get to try the trainers on, 
and then you get to run on a treadmill so you can feel how they're feeling. Lush are another brilliant example of this, where you get to really, you know, talk to the sales associates and understand how the products work. They have bowls of water so that you can take in the, the, the soaps, the bath bombs, whatever it is, and you can feel, you can smell. You really get to use all of your senses in that particular retail experience. Another great one, the Dyson store, one of my favourite stores, actually, because I think it's really well executed. But at the back of the store in London, they've got an area where you can scatter down, you know, grains of rice or bits of cereal or dust or hair, whatever, and you get to vacuum them up. So simple, but so effective. And you may be thinking, hey, Oliver, there's nothing that new in there. And you're absolutely right. It doesn't need to be complicated, but it does need to have a point for that ideal customer. They need to understand how the product works. They need to look at the prestige, the quality that you are offering, and that will get them to convert. That will get them to upsell, whatever that objective is. Now, it is important to think about your business objectives as well. So that is the second of the key questions. So we've got key questions and and trends here. So what is it that your business wants to achieve? Okay, that's an important one. What does it want to achieve? Because if you can't define that, you're not going to be able to say whether your experience has been successful or not. Moving on to our second type of experiential retail, and it's all about learning something. So the customer gets to learn a new skill or learn more about a particular thing. A few examples here. Now, this one I absolutely love. The Apple Store, when they do things like photography classes. I've seen one in action and it's so engaging. So in one of these tutorials, you get to learn how to use your iPhone, for example, and how how do you actually take great photos? You know, not just easy selfies, but really artistic photos that you probably would normally associate with a proper camera. So Apple Store photography classes are a great example. Other great examples are where you get to see behind the scenes. You get to learn how the operation works. And I'm going to dive into the hospitality industry here because they do this very well. Think chef's tables, where you get to go into the corner of the kitchen or you get to look through a window or a viewing area and you get to see the chefs at work. You get to see them cooking live. You get that energy, you get that passion. Again, you get that quality effect coming through. Other examples, wine shops, for example, Vagabond Wines in London, where you can see wine being made. You can see the equipment. It's, it's there, it brings it to life and it brings you in as a customer. You get to learn how it's made and you get to learn and see the sort of the heritage and the quality that goes into it. Another brilliant example here the Starbucks Roastery, which everyone at NRF this year went wild for. You get to see, again, there's a common theme here, you get to see and learn about how the beans are brought in, how they're roasted, and how ultimately that tasty cup of coffee is made. So that's our second bucket, learning something. Our third type of experiential retail are the exclusive opportunities. You know, think money can't buy stuff here, right? Generally, these are limited time and something out of the ordinary as well. Great examples of this are events and celebrity appearances. 
Examples like when a book author comes in to sign books. Think about pop concerts held in store. The opportunity to meet one of your favourite celebrities. Other good examples are pop-ups that are there for a very limited time. Now, this is mainly the online players that come and do a short pop-up, but it may also be a particular geography that is there. It's exciting. It's there. It's limited time. Maybe it's a week. Maybe it's a day. Either way, you can't get that opportunity normally, so you better get in there quickly. Thinking about some of these money-can't-buy opportunities, you get things like these premium brand showcases. A great example here is the Samsung 837 store in New York, where you've got an enormous screen. I think it's three stories high, the screen. You've got tunnels of screens that you walk through. You've got VR experiences, VR skiing and surfing and driving, where you actually get to sit in a car or on a surfboard, whatever. All of these things you don't get in a normal store. You don't get to do at home. And in fact, I don't even know where I go to look to do some VR surfing. So this is a great experience. It's a premium brand showcase. Other great showcase examples are the new small format IKEA stores that show all the products and the lifestyle that it could give you. But you can't buy it. You can't pick it up there. Similar to the Amazon bookstore as well. And our fourth type is the opportunity to become part of something bigger. As a customer, you get a feeling of ownership, a feeling of connection to that particular brand. And that builds loyalty, as well as the shopping opportunities, of course. So some examples of this are classes and clubs. I think Nike do this really well in their Nike stores. You get sports clubs, you get the opportunity to do yoga or running. There are a huge number of different things where you get to meet new people. You get to meet the team, the store team there, that hopefully are advocates, right, of the brand. But you also get to say, you know, it's not just about buying stuff. We care about helping you achieve your goals. So I think Nike do this really well. Other examples, and you don't have to be high tech on this, right? It could be a book reading club for a bookstore where there is a book of the month or a book of the week, whatever that is. And there's an opportunity to get to meet other customers and talk about the particular book, about what your thoughts were. So the common theme, and I'm sure you'll see it coming over the next couple of examples as well, is that you get to engage with other customers of that brand. So you build almost a, you know, a friendship of people that are loyal to the brand, which builds loyalty. It builds advocacy as well. So the next example is around competitions or challenges. There are examples of gaming competitions that work really well. So the Microsoft Store does a Fortnite Friday every single week that is an opportunity to bring the community of customers together, get them playing, get them having fun together. Game Digital in the UK also ran the Great UK Game Off. Started in 2015, which was a tournament that pulled together different stores where you could have a competition and then there'd be regional winners and then ultimately one final winner. So a great example. Going to the hospitality industry as well. They do a great job, particularly in the US, where you get eating competitions. You know, think, you know, Man V Food, if you've ever watched that TV show. Think of all that passion that goes into being able to gobble your way through an entire cow or whatever that challenge is. Another great opportunity to become part of something bigger 
and again, I'm looking outside here, is where you really pull that customer community together. So I think Comic-Con does a brilliant, brilliant, outstanding example of this. So think of all those people that love comics, they love fantasy and films and so on, and they get so passionate that they dress up. Cosplay, it's called, right? They dress up as their favourite characters from their favourite films, books, TV shows, games, whatever. When you get your community that are encouraged to become so brand loyal, you know you're onto a good thing. And at Comic-Con as well, whilst you're pulling your customer community together, you also give them those money-can't-buy opportunities. You know, they have the props from the film. They have these amazing sets that you just wouldn't ever be able to get anywhere else. So there's a great opportunity, whilst you're doing this part of something bigger, to pull in other elements of the experience as well. So those are our four types, and there is actually kind of like a a fifth type as well. And that's just having a good shopping experience. Don't underestimate the importance of that classic, but often overlooked good shopping experience. Really focus in on what that frictionless journey looks like, where I just go in, I can buy what I want, it's there, it's available, it's a good price, I can check out quickly and I'm out. It's quick, it's fast, it's functional. And if I enjoy that and that's what I'm looking for, you know I'm going to be back, right? So I wanted to give you a big idea to consider at this point. You've heard about these different types of experiential retail. But what if the next big trend in experiential retail is merging with online? I think this is going to become much more commonplace and people are going to be starting to talk about it a whole lot more. Think about more Facebook Lives from store, being able to engage a much wider audience at a time that is more convenient for them. More event streaming, particularly in that fourth one where you get to be part of something bigger. What if there was an opportunity to become part of that event, that community, even if I can't be there? You open up the whole world. Virtual reality experiences, again, to see and understand That could be great for learning more about a particular topic. All in all, I think if you begin to make experiences available offline and online, it makes it more convenient and more accessible for a wider group of your audience. Plus, ultimately, it makes that investment more scalable and more cost effective for the business as well. And that's got to be a consideration. So are we going to be starting to hear more about the Omni experience? I'll let you decide. Let me know what you think though. So experiential retail is about making shopping more exciting than, frankly, just shopping. It's not just about the here and now though. It's about doing something or learning something that you can share, that will enrich your life and it will create a memory. It will create a feeling, an emotion. So you must and very clearly define What is the point from your customer's perspective, your ideal customer's perspective? You must also define the purpose for your business. This will be absolutely critical to be able to justify the investment and measure the success of the overall initiative. Other key things to consider are what's the right fit for your brand. So if you understand what the point is from your customer's perspective, You understand what the purpose is for your business. What's the right fit? 
And then you must design an operation surrounding it. Intentionally design an operation that says, I can make this sustainable. I can make this repeatable. I will keep it alive. I will know what success looks like. And then I can go about planning it effectively and ultimately successfully executing it. So we're going to wrap it up here, but I wanted to just recap those four different types of experiential retail and the two most important questions you must start with too. So the four types were number one, something to try out. You get hands-on with the product, with the brand. Number two, you get to learn something. That could be giving you new skills or new understanding about how things work or how things are made. Number three is that exclusive opportunity, the money can't buy opportunity. And maybe that's available for a limited time only too. And number four was building that community, helping your customers become part of something bigger. And never underestimate the importance of just having a good simple, frictionless shopping trip. And the two key questions you've got to think about. Number one, what is the point? What is the point from your customer's perspective? Please never forget that. And also, what is the purpose from your business's perspective? Because if you miss those two questions, no one's going to be happy, let me tell you this. And you may be thinking, hey, I know this already, but it gets forgotten so often. And I really, you know, I do see experiences in store that are trying to do well, but they just miss the mark in my opinion. So make sure that when you're thinking about experiential retail, you're making intentional decisions to do something. You're building an operation to actually do that experiential retail properly. I'd love to know what you think of this episode. So you can drop me an email at oliver.banks at obandco.com uk. That's oliver.banks at obandco.uk. Or you can find me on LinkedIn. And if we're not connected, we definitely should be. So make sure you connect me up, Oliver Banks. Search for me. My face has got a little green ring around it. So do connect and let me know what you think. And if you've enjoyed this episode, remember to subscribe and make sure you don't miss any of the new episodes. Oh, and I almost forgot, actually. If you want to see some of the examples from today, make sure you head over to the website obandco.uk slash 18. And I'm going to put a whole load of links and pictures and all sorts there. So if you're interested in understanding or just even just refreshing your memory about the four different types, head over there and check it all out. obandco.uk slash 18. So the final thing to say, have a great week and I'll catch you next time. Mm-hmm.